What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Are annuities the best product since sliced bread or a house of mirrors? Or could they be both? I am Rob West. Well, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder and one man's trash is another man's treasure. So which of those are annuities? I'll talk about it today with Mike Miller and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always great to have my friend Mike Miller on the program. Mike is a partner and senior private wealth advisor at the South Carolina office of Ronald Blue Trust. He's also a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor. And Mike, it's great to have you back with us. Oh, it's always good to be with you, Rob. I, I just appreciate what you and your team and, and of course, the sponsors, we have to have them to to put this great information, I mean, people just crave uh, information that's not tainted with sales. Yeah, yeah well, that's exactly right. And I know uh, it's fun to have a fellow broadcaster on the program. Uh, you've been in this space of biblical finance on the airwaves for a long time, so I'm delighted we get to chat today. Uh, Mike, as you might imagine, we constantly get calls about annuities, despite the fact I've made it no secret that I'm not a fan in most cases. It's kind of <laughs> like whack-a-mole, you knock one down, another one pops up. So I guess we should maybe take an objective look at annuities, and maybe to start, we can tackle this first question, and that is, what is the main problem with any investment that guarantees returns? And that would include annuities. Well, number one rule, guarantees cost something. Yeah, There's, yeah. there's always trade-offs. I had a radio listener that called some years ago that said, I just don't like annuities because I don't like the idea of paying someone else just to give me my money back. Yeah. And and I've seen that way too many times where somebody really thought they were going to get uh, X return and then it ended up being hardly anything that they got. And some are better than others, of course, but uh, sure. you really have to understand what, what kind of cost those guarantees really are. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's always a cost with a guarantee. That's takeaway number one. Let's look at this through a biblical lens. I know you approach everything you do that way. We, of course, won't find the word annuities in the Bible, but perhaps there's a biblical principle involved with investing in annuities. What would that be? Well, we've all heard of the—most uh, people have heard of the parable of the talent. So you have sure. in Matthew 25, where the master gives—he's leaving, and he gives one five, one two, and one one. It's interesting that he says, I gave it to them each according to his ability, which is important to know. And then in verse 25, he says, you know, uh, the when he's talking to the—when he comes back and speaking to the one who had the one talent that hit it in the ground and didn't do anything with it, why did you do that? Well, I was afraid— and yeah. and went away and hid your talent in the ground. So I think that's a, a key thing that when it comes to annuities, uh, oftentimes, uh, many times they are sold from a fear side. We're fearful of this. So we ended up really maybe not being the best steward because of that fear. 
Yeah. Well, and you mentioned being sold an annuity, and that's, I think, one of the key points we need to look at, because when I get calls about annuities, it's not because somebody's saying, I think I need one of these. It's because somebody has told them they need one of these. So perhaps what should folks ask themselves when someone tries to sell them an annuity? Man, you're absolutely right. They are always sold. I don't, I don't know anybody that ever just bought one. They're sold. Uh, so I'd think through questions like, well, does the salesman have other options or it's annuities or nothing. So if that's all they have, well, then, you you know, you're going to fit any square peg and round hole, whatever, you know, it's it's not always going to be the right thing. Uh, Are they trying to get you to put a a large portion of your money in it? So that's a huge red flag. I mean, because you ought to diversify, even if you end up getting annuity. I've seen too many people that put these large chunks in just one annuity. They don't even diversify by different types of annuities, which they should. And another one is, does it feel like the person's selling something because they're up for a contest and they're really trying mm-hmm. to win a contest? I think you can, you can sense that sometimes. Like, okay, that's really, they're selling it. They want you to buy it for them, not for you. Yeah, there's no question about that. And so we need to unpack this, Mike, and just around the corner, we'll actually take a step back and really ask you to describe the three basic types of annuities. We'll look at both fixed as well as the variable and the indexed annuities, and then the two phases associated with those, both the accumulation and the distribution. We'll talk about the pros and cons. We'll even look at some of these riders, specifically around the area of generating income. In a volatile market, we have a lot of interest in annuities. So what do you need to know? And are they the right solution for you? Mike Miller with us today. Mike is partner and senior private wealth advisor at the South Carolina office of Ronald Blue Trust and much more to come just around the corner. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance and she recently had a a life-threatening experience and she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Delighted to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. Joining me today is Mike Miller. Mike is partner and senior private wealth advisor at the South Carolina office of Ronald Blue Trust. He's a certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. And today we're talking about annuities. What do you need to know? And perhaps are they the right solution for you or do you need to stay away? Uh, Mike, as we continue to unpack this, perhaps we ought to really bring some definition to annuities for those that maybe aren't familiar with these products or they're confused. So uh, perhaps start with the three basic types. Yeah, my uh, sister was being uh, sold or tried to be sold an annuity down in Florida, and she called and asked me about it. And I first question, I said, what kind is it? Well, I don't know, she said. So (laughs) people don't know what they have. So uh, the fixed 
annuity, the variable, which is the most basic, and then a variable, and then an indexed annuity, which is probably, I, last I saw, the, the most popular one that's being sold the most. And they all, you know, can have accumulation part where you, you accumulate at different rates, and then uh, they all have different kinds of ways to distribute those funds once you retire or whenever you want to take out the money. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, obviously in a market like this, Mike, when we're seeing a lot of downward pressure and the prospect of a recession looming and folks are seeing their 401ks decline, perhaps they maybe were allocated slightly aggressively for their age towards stocks and uh, they're close to retirement. Uh, This can seem attractive for somebody in that position, right? Oh, obviously, yeah. When when things go down, they think, oh, I need to do something that prevents this. If they had invested properly where they were in really income phases, where they kept some conservative money for the first uh, couple years of needs and then had a little more aggressive money, some bonds or something like that for the, the second phase of income needs, and then the long-term money was in that part that's the most volatile in stocks and so forth, where they knew that was long-term money, then the the ups and downs is still not fun, but it still yeah. shouldn't bother you as much because it's it's money you you really confident that you're not going to need for eight to ten years plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right, well, you mentioned the three types of annuities: fixed, variable, and indexed. Uh, let's talk about the fixed annuities first. Give us the pros and the cons. Well, the fixed annuities actually have gotten some more pros now. And as we hear the Fed increasing interest rates, uh, keep in mind that that uh, positively affects things like money markets and fixed annuities because these companies can start paying higher interest rates. And and when you look at any annuity, whether it's a fixed, a variable, or index, you want to look really at what are the guarantees. I mean, that's what you're yeah. buying it for, yeah. the guarantees. So it's nice to see these fixed rates going up uh, to where it's uh, – unfortunately, they don't do like they used to do in years, my early years of my career, where they would say, I'm going to give you a 5% guarantee for the life of the contract. Now it's now it's probably 5%, but it's for three years or five years or something like that. So that's a big positive. There's usually a higher guarantee in fixed annuities than there is in the other types of annuities. Okay. And what are the downsides? Well, downside would have been when interest rates uh, fluctuate, it goes down. So up to the last, until the last year or so, the downside was you get nothing if you invest in one. And now you get something for it, but it's going to be limited for five years. So the the restrictions, of course, you have with all annuities uh, applies to fixed as well as, as well as the indexed and the variable. If you try to get it out earlier than the surrender charge allows, surrender period allows you to, you're going to be penalized a lot. So there's a definitely a liquidity risk in, in all annuities. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a, people don't like to hear this, but there's a guaranteed loss with annuities. As long as there's a surrender charge, that's a guaranteed loss. You can't get all of your money out without a, a big charge. And a lot of people think, a lot of the agents will come back and say, oh, yeah, but you don't uh, really need that money. You're not planning on touching it. Well, my comeback to that is, well, then why don't you invest it the same place the insurance company is investing it? And, yeah, it's going to go down some. It might look like it's lost its its value, but it's going to come back because you don't need it because you're not going to touch it. If you touch it yeah. when it's down, of course, you lose. But if you don't, hey, it comes back up. Yeah, yeah, helpful. All right, uh, you talked about fixed annuities. Let's move to indexed annuities. You mentioned that these perhaps, at least now, are sold more than the other two. What should folks know about indexed annuities? Well, you really need to understand the guarantee. The proposal that you get typically with an indexed annuity uh, agent is one that shows the zero uh, downside if if the market's down. Then they'll show you past history of what the annuity would have done had it earned 
a certain rate of return percentage of the markets over that time. But then you get back to, well, wait a minute, I'm trying to get away from that market risk. And now you're really telling me I'm not going to make money unless the market goes up. Yeah. So it's, it's really have to understand really what that, uh, what that guarantee is. Cause there's, there's uh, a definite, a lot of risk that you can't, you can't pay somebody six, seven, 8% to sell you an annuity and not have it affect you someplace. You just yeah. don't see it. And the average person thinks when they read the brochures, oh, that looks great, but you know it's not as is not as good as it it looks. It's kind of like cotton candy. It looks pretty good, but once you bite it, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move along to variable annuities. How do they work, Mike? So variable annuities have better upside because you're actually investing in some mutual fund type accounts. So you can yeah. you can put them in growth stocks and things like that. They don't have the downside protection unless you buy one of those uh, income riders that you can put on those. Uh, but that I, I call that more monopoly money than I call it anything else. But yeah, there's there's higher potential upside, uh, but more potential downside as well. Yeah. Anything else we need to know about those income riders you mentioned? Well, the income riders are uh, you get be really careful when you're reading their material because they'll give you like a sometimes an upfront bonus, or they'll say you're going to increase your account by six percent. But this is all typically in this income bucket. And the income bucket is different than your account bucket. The income bucket is not going to be available to you as a lump sum. It's going to have to come out to you over some period of time. And the ones I've looked at said, okay, I've accumulated for 10 years in my income bucket. Then I'm going to take a 4 or 5% distribution for the, next, uh, the rest of my life. Well, if you think about it, it's going to take you 20 years to get your money back. So if you yeah. were 65 when you started, you're 75 when you start the distribution, you're going to be 95 You know, when by the time you just get your money back. Well, how long are you going to live? So yeah, watch out. Think through some of those things and see what the guarantees really are. Well, there's no question that annuities are complicated. So perhaps as we wrap up today, maybe you can simplify things a bit. Who should consider buying an annuity and who shouldn't? I wish I could simplify that. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not that easy to do. But, I, you know, in most cases, I recommend folks just invest in the same types of investment that the insurance companies. You know, maybe it's a, a bond, a total bond index fund or something that's very inexpensive to get into. There's no commissions. That's what the insurance companies investing in. Probably 65% of their investments or 70% are in just high quality long term bonds. Yeah. And, and, and the other type of person that may need one had a client years ago, this is probably 20 years ago or uh, longer when, when um, interest rates were actually higher then. And I had this one client that uh, he needed to protect himself against himself. If he didn't have his money in something that was locked mm. up, yeah. he was going to spend it all. So uh, it's the only one in my whole career that I said, you need to buy uh, an annuity and annuitize it. So you get a monthly income, so you don't spend it all. Uh, <laughs> high rate taxpayers, high tax rate taxpayers would be another one because if they've maxed out the retirement, the IRA options, other retirement plans, they still need some tax deferral. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a way to get some tax deferral and that get more benefit from it because it's obviously accumulating tax deferred is not tax free, but it is tax deferred. And that, that could be a benefit, but, uh, I think for most people there, there are better ways to get a guarantee. I love it. Well, that's been really helpful, Mike. A wealth of information on annuities. Really grateful to have you stop by today. Yeah, thanks for having me with you today, Rob. Go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and you can learn more about annuities right there. 
That's exactly right. If you want to learn even more, and we just scratched the surface, Mike's two-part podcast on the topic at TalkingMoneyRadio.com is just what you're looking for. Hey, we're going to take your calls next. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, SoundMind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. Have you downloaded the FaithFi app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature, but also plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app. Taking your questions, applying God's wisdom from the Bible to your financial decisions and choices. That's what we do here on this program. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. The number to call today is 800-525-7000. We've got some lines open. We'd love to hear from you. Let's head to Cleveland, Ohio. Teresa, thank you for calling today. Go right ahead. Hi, my question is, do I, I have a question where I have to figure out, I'm trying to get a debt consolidation or a refinance on my home, my I owe 68000 and I'm trying to figure out, do I go with the 68000 or do I, is it better for me to refinance and get a lower interest rate on all my debts, and I'm trying to consolidate? Okay. Let's talk about that, Teresa. So you mentioned a $68,000 debt. Is that combined debt from various places, or is that one debt that you owe? It's one debt. It's on my house, okay. but I just picked up, a, I picked up a car loan, and I'm trying to get a refinance through a credit union right now, my credit union, but they're running the credit now to see if they could do it. But if not, they, this person held me at 21000 He lied to me and told me it would be only 10%, and it's not. I found it's 21%. For the car loan? He just wanted a car sale. Yes. Wow. Wow. And what is your credit score, Teresa? Do you know? It was 645. Now it's 618. Okay. All right. What, uh, what other debt do you have besides the 68000 on your house and the car loan of 21000 Nothing much, just a little bit. I had a um, Home Depot car, the 1000 and this, the rest of them tiny. It's nothing okay. more. And what is the interest rate on your house? Um, 5%. Okay. Well, can you afford the monthly payment for the mortgage, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance in your current budget? Yes, I pay it every okay. month. Yes, on okay, time. Okay, great. So here's the thing. I, I don't want you to refinance, Teresa. Number one, it's going to reset that term. Now, you could shorten the term, and that would be what I would do if I refinance, but there's really not any benefit of you refinancing. I don't want you to increase 
uh, you know, the, the balance that you owe on the house. And if you roll the car loan in, you'd be taking a loan that's secured only by a car. And now you're putting your home at risk. So if something were to come out of left field unforeseen and you're not able to make the payment, now you've just put your primary residence in jeopardy. And so I'd rather you stay with that, uh, current mortgage, which is at a good rate. It would probably go higher if you were to refinance, given your credit score and where rates are at right now. Not to mention, you know, you'd probably pay around 4% just in the cost of the refinance. So that's $2,700 just in fees and expenses to do the refinance. So I'd stay right where you're at. Make sure you keep that payment paid every month. And let's focus on refinancing that car loan. And I think where you need to go from here is to probably, you know, shop around. I'd go to bankrate.com and find other lenders that would be willing to compete for your business to refinance that car loan, which is at a ridiculous interest rate right now. And I'm so sorry to hear that you were taken advantage of, but we've got to get that down. And the good news is there's there are lower rates. Now, if you had a high credit score, you could get that down to around 9%. You're still going to be up in the teens, but certainly much better than 21. So we need to try to get that refinanced. And then the key from that point forward will be to limit your lifestyle spending, your monthly expenses as much as possible so that you can free up as much margin as possible. And I want you to attack that car loan with every available dollar, assuming you have an emergency fund of at least one month's expenses. And if you do, then I'd focus every available dollar on getting that uh, car loan paid off at this point. But I wouldn't refinance the mortgage and roll it in. I just refinance the car loan as a new car loan. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Okay. I, I was nervous. I didn't know. I just want to be sure. Cause I know you give good. I listen to you every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad every to hear day. it. I can't get in. I said, if I can get in, I can get some good well, advice. <laughs> you are the uh, you're our number one fan today, Teresa. So uh, you, listen, let's do this. You hang on the line. We'll send you a gift just for being so sweet and for uh, calling today. I want to send you a copy of Ron Blue's book, Master Your Money. It's, it was a blessing in my life when I was getting started in this whole intersection of faith and finance, and I know it will be to you as well. So you stay on the line. We'll get your information and get that right out to you. Thanks for calling today. Uh, let's head to Georgia. Hey, Janie, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi. Um, Hi. I was calling because I, I um, my aunt recommended the show because I've cool. been struggling. My husband and I have been married for about 10 years, and we've tried okay. a lot of different, like, budgeting strategies, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. we've never been able to really um, save anything, or, and it feels like we're just living – not it feels like. We're just living paycheck to paycheck. And at first, when he made less money, it was like, oh, well, we just need more money. And now, you know, he makes a a lot of money and we're still stuck in like this paycheck to paycheck cycle that I can't seem to get out of. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you called, Janie, and I'm not surprised to hear what you're saying, because this is something that affects so many of us, and that is a couple of dynamics. Number one is that our level of spending always rises to our level of income unless we protest to the contrary, and we see the data say that savings rates aren't affected by how much you make. In fact, some of the higher savings rates are in the lower income thresholds, uh, which just brings it back to ultimately disciplines, and 
I would say even before that, values, really starting with what are the values that are important to us? What do we want to be known for as a family, as Christ followers? And how can our spending plan truly reflect what's most important to us? How do we rein in our spending, knowing that we did it when we had less money, and just because we're making more now, our lifestyle doesn't necessarily have to expand. So how do we order our finances in such a way that tells a story about what's really most important to us, but really what's key there is that we have margin or surplus to ultimately be able to fund those longer-term objectives. We sacrifice in the short term because we're really committed to the things we want to do in the long term. We want to increase our giving. We want to save for retirement. We want to put our kids through college. You know, we want to be able to take a vacation and enjoy time together as a family. And those are really important. So we're willing to sacrifice in the short term. So I think that might be one of the steps is just to back up and have that values conversation. Uh, Janie, you and your husband pray through it, talk about it, maybe even write down what are the things that are really important to us in the future. And once you're clear on that, then you know your why. So as you're sacrificing by, you know what, we can only spend this much eating out. And when the money's gone, we're done. And we're, you know, we're cooking at home, you know, tonight, uh, you know, or whatever it is, but we do it because we know the why. Hopefully that helps you. Um, We appreciate your call today. I know you've got a lot going on here, but you can do this. And I'm glad we could be of some help to you. God bless you. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to let you know that you don't ever have to miss a program. Just download our FaithFi app for your mobile device and take us with you anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.